Welcome along to another episode of the Color Outside the Lines podcast with me, Joseph Devlin, and my lovely assistant. Your boss, your your boss, Lisa. My boss, your exactly. boss, your co-host, your friend, and your pal. With my well, like my amazing, co-host. with my amazing co-host, <laughs> superhero. Uh, flattery will get you everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> so this week we have uh, an Irish tennis. Can I say superstar? I think he's a superstar in, in Irish tennis for sure. And he was like, like he's a super coach, and he was number one hundred and forty-three in the world. That's pretty. Yeah, freaking amazing. Yeah, he plays tennis. He plays tennis way better than anybody else that I know. James Kosky is a 143 uh, in the world at tennis, or so was 143. And he also uh, coaches, uh, is an executive coach, and he has worked with such big names as Richard Branson and also yeah. broke a Guinness World Record for playing tennis continuously for 60, that's six zero hours. Which is pretty, pretty amazing. Yeah. They didn't sleep for two nights. Crazy. Oh, yeah. Some endurance, eh? Yeah. Yeah. It's mad. Uh, mad. And we had a great conversation uh, about his tennis career and also his um, coloring outside the lines into coaching and how that has um, been a journey for him. And I'm I'm so glad we got to touch on really juicy stuff like fear. I'm I'm so glad that we got to really get into that kind of kind of stuff. Mm. I, I, it was, I really like. It was really interesting for me because I was the one who introduced us to James, mm. and you didn't really know him at all until we did the no. podcast. No. And and I think you were a bit like he's just dude, don't know why. There's a little bit of that, and then you're all like, ah, you're a sportsman, and I'm a sportsman, and I at one stage was like, I, should I just leave? But it was great because I was a bit yeah. worried, you know, yeah, yeah, so it was yeah. really lovely. Yeah, 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 yeah. And there was a bit where you, I think you put yourself on mute and went off and made a cup of tea because you were like, I'm, I'm not. Listen, I had a full, full, full meal because it was lots of, you know, <laughs> deep, deep testosterone. <laughs> uh, but actually not necessarily deep testosterone stuff. I thought what was really nice for me was just to observe kind of here's two guys who are very much then mm. but who are new men do you know what I mean mm. in the sense of mm. kind of coming from uh, away from the toxic masculinity kind of piece that yes. we had into being able to observe a really interesting um, yeah. conversation between yeah. two guys that wasn't yeah total nonsense for me to be yeah 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 exactly yeah so that was that was really i really enjoyed that yeah yeah no it was great to someone uh to talk to someone as well who um it it, it didn't seem like a like a competitive conflictual conversation this was very much a collaborative conversation which i think i I think when you move away or or you're in that world of competitive sport um and and everything is about um shaving shaving seconds or everything is about just getting to one more ball or making one more tackle or or making one more shot and 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 this i think is 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 the change this is what james seemed to really reflect in me was that he was moving towards collaboration and moving towards bringing 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 everyone up around him and so so i I really like that and 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 thank you for introducing us and bringing him on the show 
there's lots around mindset as well, which is useful for everyone. Yeah. You know, because that's so that's so applicable to, to so many things, you know. So no, it was really good. I hope I it's hope great. everybody enjoys it. Hope you enjoy. Enjoy the the first musings of of Joseph and James. Oh, and I'm there as well. <laughs> <laughs> So you're really welcome. This is uh, Lisa and Joseph on our Colour Inside the Lines podcast. And we have, we are privileged to have with this evening, James Kluski of, um, how would you, how would you introduce yourself, James? Because I want to, I don't want to. How would I introduce <laughs> <It's> very... <laughs> Do you justice? Do, you, do yourself justice there? You stumped me on the, uh, on, the first <laughs> on the first question. Uh, <laughs> I would, so former professional tennis player, um, Guinness World Record holder, turned entrepreneur, um, and mm. founder of High Caliber Collective, basically. Yeah. That, that's yeah. okay. <laughs> yeah, that's perfect. And I mean, that, that's where um, James and I met was uh, in the High Caliber Collective. But like, such a fascinating story. And in true Dublin style, love have kind of people in common and people that we know in common and uh, through various different things. So um, I, I did the intro to Joseph and, and Joseph and I know James have this this interest in sport together. So I'm not sure how this is going to go for me actually to be honest with you, but like the last we're going to have a great conversation. Uh, with that in mind, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pass over to Joseph. You get to ask the first question there, Joey. Oh, great. Thank you, Lisa. This is great. I see this is... Um, <laughs> Dropped in this is, uh, Throw in. This is... This is throw everyone under the bus night. <laughs> oh, giving you the opportunity to develop your skills as an interviewer. I'm good like that. I'm really generous. <laughs> as you buy yourself time to think about what the question is. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Lisa. Great to be here. Great to meet you, James. James, I'm, I'm, I'm interested um, in this Guinness World Record that you did. You, t- tennis continuously for 60 hours is, is 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 that is that true can you can you give us a, a chat around that and, and tell yeah, us what you learned from yeah. that yeah so so the first thing i have to say is i'm i'm actually i'm actually lying a little bit and and hear me out is that we are the guinness we're the guinness world record holder for the longest doubles match playing for 60 hours yeah the bad news is about two weeks ago or about three weeks ago i got a message in a an inactive WhatsApp group with with one of the guys who's um so there's four guys and we had one trainer actually one kind of strength and conditioning guy yeah and um two of the guys were just finished college and uh, one guy's older than me so and one of the young guys sent a message in the group and he he sent a picture and it was we got to get the band back together because <laughs> some some people in Australia have gone and broken the record so god damn yeah, oh, that was so, so we basically the record that the, the, the world record was for the longest doubles tennis match. Um, yep. And the record was, was 57 hours continuous tennis. Okay. The rules were you have a five minute break per hour and you can, you can accumulate that time. So we were able to sleep for one hour the first night, one hour the second night, basically. Okay. So we'd play for four hours, take, take five minutes and bank 15 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, and how it all came about actually was, I played when I finished my professional tennis career in end of 2015, I kind of wanted to train for something and I didn't, you know, I I remember saying to an athlete friend, like, Oh, I think I'm going to do a triathlon. And they were like, or I think I'm going to do a marathon. And they were like, 
have you ran a 5k yet? And I'm like, no, I'm going to run a marathon. Like, no, I just, I just wanted to kind of, I, I suppose in terms of the transition from professional sport and kind of yeah. striving for something, I wanted to train for something. And then this, this record, um, a couple of Irish guys had attempted mm. it a few years before mm. and they did 33 hours and one of them got cramped and they had to stop. Mm. And I just thought it was a really interesting thing. And I said, yeah, you know, why not? We, we, we give it a go. So I called my friend, Dave Mullins, who, who a little bit older than me, really thick guy. And I just yeah, I said to him, like, what do you think about, you know, going for this record? And, uh, you know, I have to be honest and say, if he said like, no, I don't know if I would have like gone on this mission to find other people, but he said yes. And he was, he was into it. And then we okay. found the other two guys and it kind of went from there and it just grew yeah. legs and, and yeah. we raised, raised money for charity and it was right. great. And, and I'm really yeah. happy we did it. Yeah. So. Um, I'm interested. Well, because... What did you learn about yourself along the way? Sorry. Mm, yeah. 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 No, no, it's a similar question. Like I've, I've worked with elite athletes or, or this like ultra marathon kind of multi-marathon like people who are doing like 24 hour, like mm. back to back. And and I'm really interested in, 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 in how that was for you and what you learned. So uh, two things. One, I would say like, you know, as a, you know, aspiring entrepreneur, I would say it's amazing when you have a vision for something and you kind of, yeah. you know, it starts off as this one conversation with Dave saying like, what do you think about this? Like, and yeah. then I remember you know, a week before we did a dinner for the charity and then we did the record. And I remember kind of during it, seeing all the people there coming to watch it and thinking like, this has just come from just kind of, you know, a thought and doing something about it, basically, mm. sitting on your hands. So that that's kind of, I think that was kind of special. I think that gives you confidence and that you can, and, and you're obviously, you're getting people to believe in that vision as well. It's mm. mobilizing people to, 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 to believe in that. And then the second thing like is, um, I remember uh, we, we um, someone said to us uh, in the weeks leading up, they said, look, you know, you start on Friday or whatever it was. And on Sunday, the sun will come up on Sunday morning. The question is whether you guys are going to be standing on the court still. Mm-hmm. And I remember like, so the first night we had an hour of sleep and none of us mm-hmm. slept. And, mm-hmm. and we just, I think you were going on adrenaline or whatever. Yeah. The second night, it was an hour of sleep, and like mm. it was just—I mean, like I've never like I slept, and all of us slept. And then when they when the when the organizers kind of came in to wake us up to go back on the court, yeah, I mean that was the hardest, like the hardest point. And I think what I learned there is like you know, the team thing was so crucial that you didn't want to let other people down. I mean, I didn't want to be the one that stopped, basically. Yeah, and then the other the other piece is like, I think the persistence piece is like on the other side. It's like you you get to that really hard part, and it's just if you can just get through that, there's light on the other side. Yeah. So on the Sunday, the sun came up. We got through that like horrendous piece, and yeah. then actually, and this sounds this sounds ridiculous, but the last like ten hours, and so it wasn't actually that hard. Do you know okay. what I mean? Like we actually got through the once we got into the light and more people came to watch and so on. So like definitely learned a lot from it. Um, I don't know if I'll be racing to do the record again, <laughs> to be honest, but, but I definitely enjoyed it anyway as an experience. <laughs> yeah. So uh, no, it was, it was fun. Yeah. 
And some of the um, the other kind of transitions that you've made, because obviously you couldn't outside the lines is about like you don't have to do just one thing. And, you, and you've had a number of kind of different careers and transitions. And you talked about leaving professional sports. So tell us a little bit about like what was that like and how did you find your way? Because I think that's really hard for people, you know, and I think it would be really valuable for them to have the, in, the insight from your experience, James. Yeah, like I, I think it's, it's, a, it's a topic that really, it's really interesting to me in terms mm. of transitions and and you know, around kind of my parents' generation of getting that one job and basically staying mm-hmm. there, right? So mm-hmm. for me, as a tennis player, you know, I, I I played professionally until the end of 2015. I was 145 in the world in tennis, and I kind of came to a point where I was a little bit, you know, I had I had one or two injuries, but it was, but I I had kind of I had a sponsor, I had fun, like I was okay, but I just knew that. I don't know. I just knew the time was right mm-hmm. and I knew it was time to kind of move on. And the challenge was the challenge for me, and this is me speaking like candidly and mm-hmm. is, you know, I knew that I could coach tennis 40 hours a week and I could mm-hmm. walk into a tennis club and coach. Mm-hmm. And that was the comfortable thing for me to do. Mm-hmm. And I still, well, I know COVID is a bit different, but I still could get, you know, be a tennis coach if I want, right? But I remember having all these aspirations in terms of getting into corporate life and business and starting my own business and working and so on. And I didn't really know what I wanted to do, but I knew, I just had that itch that I knew that probably didn't like career-wise tennis coaching wasn't for me. And then my philosophy has always been around kind of, well, how do you get around, how do you surround yourself with good people and, and how do you, how do you get good mentors and all that sort of stuff? And I was introduced to a guy in, in Malahide Tennis Club who um, is named Stephen Tadell. Who's I, I wrote about him in my book. Actually, he mm. um, just a re, like a really he was president of Kellogg's Europe. He does a lot of executive coaching now. He does a lot of he's a really good business person. He invests in companies and so on. And he was a great mentor to me. Like, um, and I we had this arrangement where I used to I coached him tennis, uh, and then he would essentially have coffees with me and coach me business, right? And give me advice and mm-hmm. stuff. So like my philosophy was how do I leverage or how do I tap into the people in my network? And mm-hmm. tennis has been such a powerful thing in terms of, mm-hmm. in terms of opening doors. And um, so I would say like two things, I think one sports people in general, I mean, people respect sports people in terms of their dedication and so on. So like a business person will open the, open the door, will meet you for a coffee. Um, and then the second thing is if you're not a sports person and you're transitioning into something different, I mean, I, I personally, I believe in like the good of people. I believe in that people like to give advice, you know? So mm-hmm. like if, if someone, you know, if someone came to me and said, do you have half an hour for, a, uh, obviously now it's a zoom call or something like I'd find time if someone reached out and they really want, mm-hmm. you know, they wanted advice. So I believe in, in, in that. And then the way I kind of navigated was, um, a couple of things like I, I had a corner, initially I had a cornerstone of, I did a certain amount of coaching hours, tennis coaching hours for income. Mm. And then with, with Stephen, I remember specifically talking about it. I remember he was, we were talking about like, okay, well, you need a certain amount to live obviously. So, Mm. and then those other hours then was dedicated to actually going and going into companies and getting experience and meeting business people and learning what I like and don't like. So, Mm. um, and that's, 
you know, one company I, I ended up, I went to a talk in, in LinkedIn through mm-hmm. the Institute of Sport and I was about like building your LinkedIn profile or something like that. And I met one of the managers in LinkedIn, a guy, Alan Temple, who after the talk, he kind of just said to me, he's like, oh, look, if you want to come in and get some work experience here, let me know, you know? So, so that was kind of towards the end of my tennis career, but I ended up basically going into LinkedIn once or twice a week and, and, mm-hmm. And I remember being petrified as well, being brutal. Mm. Like it wasn't like I was running into LinkedIn to like, mm. you know, that I was, but like, you know, I just thought, I just had this, just, I don't know, this burning thing that I, I was like, I know that I need to kind of do something different or I need to like expose myself to other areas and see what I like and what I don't like. And I mm. know that the tennis coaching piece is always there. Mm. And, and so like that was my comfort zone. I just wanted to move out of that a little bit, you know? So, mm. so that, that was, you know, I'm not saying it's the right, you know, I'm not saying I'm an expert in any stretch of the imagination, but mm. um, that, that, that's what kind of helped me. But, um, mm. you know, uh, and then the other thing is I actually met an athlete who told me about their struggles after they retired from their career. Mm. And they told me their biggest lesson was don't rush into something when you like don't mm. jump at the first thing you get. Like they were like, take your time. And and I think as an athlete and as a business person, whatever industry, it's like, you know, as a tennis player, I was very, my ranking was this, I needed to get to this. I'm playing these tournaments. It was so set and I could see the mountain and I knew what I was trying to climb. Mm. And then when that finished, it was that mindset of like, well, what am I doing now? Like, what is the mountain? What am I trying to, what, what am I doing here? So, and it was kind of kept trying to look for something and like you're in a rush to, to, to get that next thing. So his advice was to take your time. And, and I probably should have listened to that a little bit more as well. But, um, so that, that those were the things really that kind of, kind of helped me along the way. Um, mm. and sorry, if I say one more thing, so I don't get a rabbit on about it. But it was one business person, one like very successful business person said to me, um, I said, if you could give me one piece of advice, what would it be? Mm. And he said, um, use your tennis to get in with the best business people. Mm. And, and he said, look, you've played your sport to a, an expert level. You know, your sport can open doors and, and you know, let it open mm. doors basically. And, that, and mm. I kind of mm. thought about that. And I'm like, yeah, you mm. know, my dedication to my sport has give me an opportunity to, 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 to meet a lot of interesting people. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, so those are my kind of tips, I guess. I'm, I'm interested in one of those people in particular, James, and um, one of them is a big hero of mine, um, Richard Branson. Mm. He actually, he, he heard what's going on. He messaged me. He said, "You haven't paid your uh, your wife, your virgin uh, wife, right <laughs> <laughs> Which is which is why which is why he's a successful businessman. He's, he's, not, yeah, exactly. he's, not, he's, he's not afraid to chase an invoice. What was it like meeting him? Yeah, look, uh, I mean, incredibly, still incredibly lucky. And, and um, you know, I, I also, so so that the backstory of that really was in, in 2015, I heard about this event on, on his island called the Necker Cup mm-hmm. and where he essentially brings like founders of, founders of incredible companies and venture capitalists and so on come to, to, to Necker to play with 
professional tennis players. So like Rafael right. Nadal and Novak Djokovic and Karolam Wozniacki and all these different players. Mm-hmm. So I kind of heard about this event and I did like literally a little bit of a cold call, but I called the guy who organizes the event and I said, look, mm-hmm. I'm 145 in the world. I'm not, mm-hmm. not one of the world. And um, my pitch was, I'll stand on the tennis court all day. So you'll never be short a, a pro. So like, you know, when Nadal's off in the sea or whatever, that I'll be there basically. So he um, came back, so Trevor, he came back and was like, okay, we'll, we'll pay our expenses to come over. So I went over in 2015. Mm-hmm. And then what happened was, you know, you meet some incredible founders of, of well-known companies and mm. uh, it's just the most incredible experience. And then I met, I met Richard like at the, at the bar. I just chatted like generals chit chat. And then I met this guy, Kenny, who's, who runs, runs, his, runs the island. And then mm. long story short, Kenny sent me a message and said about a month later and said, well, I'd be interested in coming back and, and, and coaching uh, Richard Tennis. So I've gone back, I've done a, I've done a, I'd go back for a month and mm-hmm. do, and that's when I really got to know him well was he was, mm-hmm. I would do twice a day with him, mm-hmm. you know, a cup of tea and breakfast in the morning and so on. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I would spend time and sometimes in London, I'd go to him and he, when he's there um, mm-hmm. and just, so that kind of gives you the backstory, but just mm-hmm. uh, an incredible, incredible person. And he's been very generous to me and he's very, very inspiring. And one of the things that inspires mm. me about him, which is, which is, um, and I, I say this in like the most polite, in the politest way in that, like, mm. you know, I've met a lot of really successful tech people or, yeah. you know, who are in software and AI and also, yeah. And like, you know, when you're kind of in a conversation, like this guy is a genius or this girl yeah. is a genius and I can't, yeah. I don't know what they're talking about. Like, you know, whereas with, with Richard, like for me, like he's just a really, like, he's a good person, like, and he's mm. great chat and he's good fun and he's, you know, he likes taking risks and he's into adventure and he's, mm. but like he's, he, there's nothing that you don't sit with him and be like, this guy's an absolute genius, you know, but his ability gotcha. to people, um, is, 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 is really, really good. And he's, mm. yeah, so he's been, been very lucky to, to, um, to spend a good bit of time with him, like. Mm. And it's really interesting to me. I mean, I, I can imagine people are, are listening and saying, "Jesus, your man is a t- professional tennis player, and he's he's talked to Richard Branson. That just like is never going to happen to me." But I, I hear there's some really interesting things that you're saying here around, like going into LinkedIn and and going to shit neck going into LinkedIn and. And doing it anyway, like feel, you know, that old kind of feel the fear and do it anyway. I often think, you know, people will even say to me who started your own business, like, could I could never do what you could do. And I'm sure you get that a lot, James, of like, but you rang up Trevor on a cold call, you just took a chance and you you felt the fear and you did it anyway. There's mm. this real, I get this real sense from you, which, which I love, which is just like, I, I see those limitations. I absolutely accept those limitations. They're there. And I'm, do you know what? I'm going to give it a lot anyway. I'm, I'm mm. going to try anyway. So what am I going to lose? Would you say that's a fair? I think that's fair enough. I mean, I think, um, I think that's fair. I mean, I think like, I don't, I don't want to be on here and, and people to think like this guy is like really confident and all these things. Cause I'm not like, you know, I, I like I, I genuinely, like I remember, you know, calling Trevor and me, you know, I, my philosophy was just all he could do is just say no. Like, and just I'll never speak to the guy again anyway. Like, so, but I do. Like, I, I genuinely remember 
when, when I first got to Necker for that event in 2015 and like, you know, I was finishing my, my tennis career and I'm not Rafael Nadal. Right. So like, you know, I, I was, you know, I was in like, basically the players there have won grand slams, you know, they're like household names and, and mm. my, my pitching to work to Trevor and I, like I obviously helped out with the event and stuff, but at the same time, I remember getting off the boat onto the Island and really having like, like a lot of internal conversations with myself, mm. like <laughs> what am I doing here? Like, mm. and, yeah. you know, like what? Like what am I doing here? Basically, who do you think you are, James? <laughs> exactly, yeah, exactly. And, and 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 like uh, so. So I definitely went through that, and I just had this thing like where, mm. you know, I, I remember seeing seeing uh, Branson, and I was like, okay, I need, I have to go and speak to him. Like, I can't, I can't mm-hmm. come here and not go and speak to him, right? Mm-hmm. So, so. Just, I, I don't have regrets, basically, I think. Um, and, and the same, like, I, to bring all that down level is like the same with like going into LinkedIn or, you know, initially going to business meetings with companies and stuff, mm. but, but not, not, not being overly confident, but also like you have to back yourself as well. And you have mm. to, mm. you know, you have to see, you know, I, I, I don't want to go off on a tangent, but I think sport in sport, it's like, you know, you play as a tennis player. You play a tournament. You win a match. Mm. You, kind of, you learn from it. You lose a match. You learn from it. And you think, okay, mm. well, I can do better, and so on. You go to a business meeting. It's a, it's you do a pitch. It's terrible. You don't get it. Okay, what can you do differently? Like always trying to learn mm. from from things. And mm. I think I I think I bring that like. Mm. I, I think that's really interesting because and, and I'm just. I'm really interested in both of your views on this because I I do think sport really really enables you to understand that failure is learning, right? And that it, that's just what it is. Whereas I think there's a real piece when I look at women in leadership that maybe we we don't have that same ethos or culture of sport in our education system, which, which maybe holds us back. And I think it's it's one of the things that I see of mm. like taking things personally, perhaps. And that's that's not about me putting down kind of my own gender, but it's it it's interesting that when I mm. see people who play sport like like you, James, and like you, Joseph, that that I think it just adds so much, doesn't it, in terms of your your ability to try things and your your openness to saying, you know what? So we lost a match. We we won a match. You yeah. win, you learn. You lose, you learn. Yeah. I don't know what you what you think, but in tennis, you lose every week pretty much. Like unless mm. you, you know, I was playing yeah. 30, playing thirty tournaments a year. Like you win, you know. I, I was doing well. Like even the guys who were doing well, who were top twenty in the world, are losing most weeks, right? Because like John mm. is yeah. winning and so on. Mm. So it's it's it's. it's it's a little bit, I think tennis even exposes you even more like to, to, mm. to, and it's, and for me, it was like, you know, I'm in, I'm in Kazakhstan or Uzbekistan and I lose a match and, and I go back to the room and I'm like really disappointed. And it's almost like, you're just, you're like trying to grasp at anything that like even eight, I remember, in, I remember specifically in Uzbekistan losing and then having to take an eight hour taxi back to Tashkent Um and you're looking for any kind of positive, like, you know, and you're like, you're trying to find something. But like, I think if you bring that philosophy to business, it's like, okay, you do, you don't, you're unsuccessful on a pitch, but like, at least you were, at least you had the opportunity to pitch, right? And then 
hopefully mm. you take something from that pitch mm. that you can bring into the next one. And I think that's mm. the that's the yeah. mindset that that mm. um, that um, that you have to that you have to try and mm. bring. I don't know what you think, Joseph. I'm, I'm I'm really interested in this tangent. Like when you said, I'm not going to go off on this tangent. I'm 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 really interested in this. Um, never let anything prevent you from going off on the tangent that's probably the most interesting place to go is is like i'm really interested in that bit of us which gets up after the knockdown mm. and and so so my sport was was rugby and you, you like even if you did something really well in rugby, often you ended up with like your face planted in the mud and getting stood on. <laughs> and there was the element of like get, getting up and getting on with it and, and, and carrying on carry, and, and, and doing the next thing and doing the next thing and focusing on the next thing. So I'm interested in, in, in that, um, that idea of that psychology and that mindset. Do, do, do you think that that, that is a, is a, um, a training ground for being effective in in business like like Lisa has said there's that there's that difference maybe between different mindsets I'm, I'm interested in in letting you off the leash on that tangent yeah like I mean if I, I I think it's a really interesting it's a really interesting topic and I think defeat teaches you a lot like I really mm. you do and mm-hmm. I think I remember seeing Paul O'Connell speak actually, and, and mm. the, the Irish rugby player, and, and mm. his his point was win. His his saying was win the moment in front of your face. So he was saying, you know, you can focus on, you can focus on, you know, Johnny Sexton kicking and everything going on, all the external things. Yeah. But he's like, if I can focus on winning the next scrum or winning whatever, you know, yeah. you know the rugby terminology better than me. But yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and then his the point is is that like. You know, there's a lot going on in our world. Can you focus on the next phone call? Can you focus on the next conversation mm. with a client? Or like, how can you stay present and so on? And I think, I think sport, you know, and I can obviously relate to in, in terms of tennis, right? So tennis mm. travel for, you know, I would have played 30 weeks per year and mm. would have been on the road full time. Like, mm. and you take so much crap along the way like Mm -hmm. so much goes wrong you miss flights you miss Mm -hmm. hotels are double booked um Mm -hmm. get bad line calls from umpires you get cheated you get all these different types of things yeah and the highs the highs are are really high and then the lows are really low yeah i think one thing for me one lesson that i would have learned is is i remember one tennis one tennis player saying to me is never get too high or too low. So when you're winning tournaments and you're on that run, don't be a prick and don't be like everything is wrong. You know, don't be out of control basically. Yeah. You're, when things are going bad, don't lose sight of, of, yeah. of, of what mm. you're doing. You know? So I think yeah. that, I think yeah. for me in terms of to relate this to business, I think, I think sport teaches you a little bit on that. I also think like the really important thing in, 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 I think an important thing in sport and business and so on is, is mentors and feedback as well. I would say like, you know, because on the feedback piece, mm-hmm. I think sport is so analytical in terms of, you know, what, what, what went wrong in the match. Like we, yeah. I, I lost that match. What went wrong? Can we look at the stats? Can we look at this? Yeah. And not being kind of, 
not being offended or I don't know if offended is the right word, but not being kind of, um, you know, yeah, offended when maybe you're getting called out for doing something that you shouldn't have done or you know, mm. make in that moment or whatever. But it's actually mm-hmm. just constructive feedback of how mm-hmm. how you're going to be better in the next in the next mm-hmm. match. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the mentor piece coming from an individual sport. Mm-hmm. And then coming into like if you're running a small business and you're you're you know you're you're um you're on your own like I mean I personally think like even if you're in a small team I think it's so important that you have kind of positive people that you can go and talk to whether that's you know and obviously this is me being biased as you know I know you guys do coaching as well but whether that's an executive coach or whether that's just a mentor or a friend but someone mm-hmm. that you can that you can actually go to that's that's like non bias and that you can just have those conversations and mm. for me for me how that really transpired was I remember playing a, a Davis Cup match for Ireland where I was kind of a little bit low on confidence and I wasn't playing well mm-hmm. and I remember struggling with my serve in, in practice and not being that happy mm. and I knew so I knew that if I went to the manager of the team or the coach mm-hmm. if I told him what I was going through he probably dropped me for the match Potentially. Right. Gotcha. I knew if I told the guys on the team what I was going through, they'd lose yeah. confidence in me and they wouldn't. Yes. You know? So we, gotcha. had, we had a sports psychologist slash executive coach who, who had no tennis background, but I remember like absolutely loving the sessions with him. Mm. I remember in the hotel, going to him in the hotel and being like, oh, I can't do this. And my family's coming and it's, uh, it's so many people, you know, all this is a, and he was able to kind of chat through and, and kind of put me at ease. And I think for me, that was the power in actually having someone, because it's lonely, right? Like sport is lonely, business is lonely. It's important to have someone that you can relate to and that you can talk to, whether that's a mentor mm. or a coach. So mm. um, that's my tangent over. <laughs> <laughs> really interesting tangent. I mean, and in fairness to, to Joseph, he's usually right. That's where the juice ends up being is it's yeah. not necessarily in because you you know I mean I'm sure you've told that story before in terms of your transitions because it becomes part of your narrative right mm-hmm. and it's only when we when we diverge from the path that we start to go oh now yeah that is really interesting we can you know, we find something new for you when we we find something really juicy for us and I'm, I'm loving this perhaps to go if we can a little bit deeper in the tangent around fear and where does you know because I think what stops people coming outside the lines I think what stops mm. people making the kinds of transitions that they that you have and, and looking at you and saying she's gosh and James really brave is is that you know there's a we live we kind of swim in a in a sea of fear mm. in some ways of kind of like even you were saying you know your your family coming to see you and there's there's a kind of fear of letting people down and yeah, yeah. Yeah, like I, I think, I mean, fear has definitely affected me in a positive and a negative way. I mean, like, you know, I don't want to say that I'm this, again, like that I'm this super confident person that doesn't get, you know, I am, I have a lot of fear in certain things, but, but what's the, what's the quote? You, you don't learn how to swim by reading it, reading it in a book, you know, you yeah. Yeah. Throw yourself mm. in some ways. And, and mm. um, I think the fear thing, I think some people are motivated by fear as well, which mm. is, you know, like in a, in a, I think Roy Keane has said that, that he, he didn't want to let people down, like, mm. which, which, um, you know, I don't know. I, I, I just, I think I just have this burning 
desire, ambition that I, I, you know, you know, you should make that phone call. Like I know I should make that call to Trevor and, and mm. I know that I can add value and I know that like I have an underlying, maybe, maybe I do have an underlying confidence or something, but, um, the fear piece, I think it definitely, it definitely, you know, holds people back whether, mm. and it held me back in a certain, mm. in a certain way in tennis, right? Like I was the mm. only, you know, there's not many Irish guys playing on the tour. So mm. I remember going to tournaments and you have the British guys with the British guys and the French guys with the French guys and so on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So like there is an element of like, you know, fear there of do I belong here? And, mm. and I think it's to recognize that we all go through that, you know, that like that, that, but you're not going to get outside the lines for, you know, or you're not going to, you know, really, I don't know, reach that kind of holy grail or whatever that goal is by not stretching yourself that little bit more, you know? I, I, I thought the most powerful thing that I heard you, you know, what stuck with me when, when I heard you talking about the fear, um, but doing it anyway and making that call to Trevor and, do, and you know, going in and, and even though that fear was there was what I loved you saying was no regrets. Mm, yeah. You want to have regrets. You know, I thought it was really powerful. Yeah, no, I, 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 like, yeah, I do. I really believe that, like that, that, that. Um, yeah, you don't want to have regrets, you know. Like life is short, as we know from what's been going on, right? Mm. And um, yeah, like the fear thing. I remember actually being when I was in college um, in Louisiana, and we were ranked. Our team was ranked ten in the country, and and the track and field team was was number one in, in America. And there was mm. a guy on the team, uh, Richard Thompson, who won the silver medal in the Beijing Olympics in the hundred meters. And uh, so they're just, inc- I mean, incredible athletes. Mm. Right? Amazing. Mm. And I remember we used to run track once every couple of weeks, mm-hmm. uh, once every two weeks, maybe. And I used yeah. to absolutely dread it. Like, <laughs> and it's in Louisiana in the, like the heat. and Be hot, right? Oh, brutal. And uh, and I remember one day the coach that we used to run 400s and 200s and all this stuff. Mm. And I remember the coach that we're going to run track. And I said to him, like, geez, the track team are going to laugh at us, right? Yeah. I was like, they're going to they're going to laugh. You know, it's gonna, they're, la- they're going to laugh at us. And his point was, he's like, you know, if, if you're playing tennis and someone comes onto the court beside you and they're, and they're you know, a beginner, you don't laugh at them. You, you don't mm. think twice. They've never played before, right? Mm. And I was like, that's a really good point, you know, because like mm. I had this, I had this kind of impression that like I'd get on the track and I'd be running 400s and these track people would be kind of like almost laughing at you. You know, what is this person doing here? Is this person even, a, but like in reality, no one really cares, you know, like mm. I think, uh, I think sometimes we just, we just build these things in our heads that, that, mm. that people, um, mm. that, yeah, people actually don't really care as much as we think. Mm. <laughs> you know, so, uh, I think that that's, and I think on the, on the, the sport and business piece, I think the biggest key is the vision, like of what you're trying to achieve, you know, what is the big, what is the big thing that you're trying to achieve and, and working backwards from that and, and, and going after that and, and finding people that can support you on that and so on. So with that in mind, James, what is the vision of the high caliber collective then? 
yeah so so I, i've really been really building that out and um i want a, a scalable product that i can have that i can have lots of different companies i can boost engagement in companies and productivity uh, and it's it's going well like it's it's um i've definitely found something that really excites me you know so so mm. um and i suppose in in some ways i actually i i'm kind of working on the vision in some ways as well but i, I uh but I'm I'm really enjoying what I'm doing at the moment and really excited about it. Um, but that mm. definitely it definitely took me, as I said, I think I used that example of like, you know, as a sports person, you know what the mountain is, right? Mm. Coming to business and you 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 know, and the other thing I, I actually think the other thing that this the other thing about sport is like, it's very easy for you guys to to to. to look at my ranking and look at you can see all the information you want about me right as in i can't sit here and say i was number 20 in the world because you could see that in five seconds that i wasn't whereas sometimes in business i think there's a little there's a lot of smoke and mirrors right where some people can there's people who can talk a big game like you know the kind of historical like cheesy salesman or sleazy salesman, mm-hmm. whatever. you know so i think um i don't know where i was going with that but i think just for me in the vision piece it, it was a very clear cut of where I was going. And mm. I think the challenge was trying to find something that really excites me to get out of bed in the morning and kind of mm. driving towards that goal. And I, I've, I've found that now. So, so, but it, it takes time. Like, mm. um, I'm really, I'm really um, heartened to, to hear people talk so openly about fear because mm. I think this can be a really disabling emotion that we can experience. So I'm um, 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 I'm really grateful that we're that we're really like naming this and, and we're we're normalizing it. I, I for me and working with um the the work that I've done, I, I think this can then switch um that to be a really enabling mm. um quality. And and I'm wondering if if this is a, um another thread and I'm wondering if there's something that you are you're, you're dealing with now perhaps at the stage of, of business that you're at or because of COVID or, or any number of things, what, what's the primary big thing for you now that you're, you're challenged by and you're working with it and, and maybe you're, you're transitioning with at the moment? Yeah. I mean, I still, you know, I'm obviously pitching companies for what I'm doing. Um, I, yeah. Like I still, I mean, I still have, apprehension apprehensions of what i'm doing right what if no one well, you know you're you're you know business has been challenging with covid what if no one wants to do any work with me right you know mm. like it, like you know you're 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 fighting to survive in a lot of mm. ways well you are mm. fighting to survive and and that i mean that scares me but it also excites me as well right and i yeah. think so I think the fear for me now is, yeah, what if it, what if, what I, what if my vision is terrible and no one, you know, everyone kind of laughs me out of the place or, you know, that, that would be, I suppose that would be a fear, but then I think how to counteract that really is, mm-hmm. you know, what I do is I, I would listen to a lot of entrepreneurs and read books and tap into mentors. And I have mm-hmm. one, there's one guy, um, who I met actually with, with, with Richard on, on Necker and he sold a couple of um, tech companies and like one of the most successful people, you know, I mean, just incredible. Like, mm-hmm. 
he's a mentor of mine and I go and speak to him and mm. I remember him saying to me actually at the start of COVID, he said, look, his, his advice to me was, look, this is like the most challenging times and all that jazz that we all know about. But mm. he said, mm. he said three things. One was you continue to build relationships with people because, you know, things will come back and, and mm-hmm. you want to maintain those relationships that you have. Two is you keep your head above water. So you do absolutely everything you can to keep your head above water. And then three was, he said, you look for an opportunity because there's always opportunities. Mm. And for me, I've definitely, you know, I keep my head above water. I feel like I found an opportunity, all that. So, I, I, but again, I wouldn't have, probably wouldn't have got there if I didn't, if I wasn't reading a lot, if I wasn't kind of looking to people for advice and so on. Or So, so my advice would be like mm. tap into your network and the people, you know, and read and all those sorts mm. of things. Mm. So is it fair to say, James, that this fear that you have of people laughing you out of it, where, whether it's on the track, because <laughs> you're, you don't run or whether it's because you've, you've started businesses that actually hasn't happened. Nobody has laughed you out. Which I think is really important, right? Because as you say, three people that. That was just because you had freckles and you know you were you were you didn't have this tag going on. Um, yeah, I mean, I've had I've, I've had exactly that, right? And I have had people laugh at me, or at least kind of I. I've had a reaction like, you can't do that when I gave up the corporate job and, and went out on my own and stuff. Mm-hmm. People, people can be very judgmental, but it ultimately, like, I think what you said is so true. Like, people don't actually care that much. And yeah, I think we, we think they care more than we, more than they actually do, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah like, uh, I, I, yeah, no, no one has, no one, as I said, no one has, no one has laughed at me and, uh, I, like I've been, I think the, the the first time I went to to uh, to Necker, I I met these met these incredible business people along with obviously Richard, right? And, and I remember meeting people and thinking, someone would say, "Oh, I own this restaurant chain, or I own this, I sold this tech company, or I did this and this." And these are like superstars, men, being uh, just incredible business people. And I remember the first time I went, being like. Oh my, like just their business is just incredible. Right. Mm. But then the more I've gone there and the more I've met and I've met obviously great business people through tennis and so on, the more I've realized that like people are people and people, everyone has their own insecurities, you know, and everyone, you know, someone might be quote unquote successful in Mm. in our eyes, but they actually might not be that happy really, Mm. you know? Mm. And then other people, you know, they're, really successful, really happy. And so, so like, I, I, I kind of, de- I notice, I, I definitely notice an evolution in myself, you know, in terms mm. of what, you know, what I held as kind of success, maybe, you know, mm. you know, the first time I met this person, they told me about their company. So I was like, Oh, this is the most amazing. And then you kind of, when you peel back the layers, like it's not always as, as healthy as you think. And I think <clears throat> that's something to, to not to 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 be aware of as well, you know, um, uh, and if I uh, there was one one um, thing with Richard actually where he was 
friends of his who were on the island were telling me that they um they were on a boat with him and they were looking at some I think it was the founder of Google or something who was at his boat mm-hmm. and the guy's a dentist anyway and he said to he said to um Richard he said uh oh I'll have my boat next year like joking or whatever and he said Richard said to him like you know you like really seriously like you know you're you've got a beautiful wife kid you know you're 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 happier than you know it's not everything like and i know it sounds really airy fairy and stuff because it it does like but at the same time i think when you spend time with him you you do kind of get that like and and uh so i suppose it's been grateful for what you have but then also uh, like i like the i like the chase or i like striving for more or something excites me so but both those things can both be true at the same time right you can be Mm. really happy with what you have and still want more Okay. Mm. Yeah, but, that, but that's the thing with that's the thing with um it, like it, i don't know if success is the right word but it's always in the future right you know mm. you know you, you achieve a certain goal and it's like but like do we ever reach it in some ways you know like mm-hmm. but i'm saying that in a positive way that you all you know that's that's kind of what energizes you in terms of life but what energizes me anyway it's like that mm-hmm. i want to be, but also being happy for what you have at the moment but um, mm. uh yeah like it's it's a it's an interesting mm. kind of comes back to that paul o'connell piece about winning winning the play in front of you isn't it yeah like being being in that yeah win the moment and, and win the moment yeah win the moment in front of the yeah you win the game yeah yeah you win the moment. yeah yeah, mm. yeah. No, it's uh it's um yeah, like it's a, it's a, it's an interesting, interesting debate, not debate, but conversation. Mm. And that, like, uh, the other, the other interesting quote I heard was, um, a guy I know he he went and did, um, he studied a lot of the most successful sports teams and businesses, and he looked for mm-hmm. common traits. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if either of you like Formula One, but um, he went to uh, Williams, which is. Mm-hmm. very well in Formula 1 at the moment but historically it was a, it was a good mm-hmm. team back in the day they were good eh? yeah and he basically said he, he spoke he, so like high performing organisation high performing sports team whatever and he said their philosophy was will it make the car go faster so mm-hmm. every decision they made was based around okay mm-hmm. so the finance person's like will it make the car go faster because that was the right. vision was to obviously the car goes fast they win races they win the you mm-hmm. know, I thought that was quite interesting as well, like around mm. like decision making in terms yeah. of is it gonna is it gonna make the car go faster? It's mm. like a rallying cry or something, isn't it? Where you where you can kind of design pretty much everything around this this core kind of vision that you have, would it make the car go faster? That that question, mm. that's really interesting. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I, I thought it was fascinating, yeah. Um yeah. and I think yeah, like a yeah, I think it's um I thought it was really like I do like looking at the the businesses and the and the sports teams around what 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 would like you know what makes them what makes them so good. We won't get into mm. New Zealand, you know. We lose. I was going to say, don't get us started on the All Blacks because that could be a very long conversation. We're struggling a bit now, but we won't talk about that. Oh, no, I think we should talk about that. Well, they, they yeah, don't. especially especially when they've been knocked off their top spot by yeah by the, the by, by by the eternal underdog. Did they lose to Argentina? And, they lost Argentina. They lost Argentina. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They did. Um, 
and 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 when and when they were beaten by by Ireland in in that famous match in, in Chicago, and 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 then when Ireland stepped into the number one place, I thought, wow, like what an evolution! What what mm. a what a time to be an Irish rugby fan. The the um the 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 two stories I have about the All Blacks, which which I think oh no, he's a lot. I told you, I told you not yeah, yeah. to talk about. Yeah, yeah. Plug your plug your devices in. Because no, no, no. They said two. I'm going to keep you to two. This is my job. Like I just stop them with the sailing analogies and the rugby analogies. Okay. I'm going to limit. I'm going to limit myself to two to, to, to two analogies. Um, and hopefully I remember them both right. But the the um the the New Zealand Herald, I think, did a did a bit of an analysis to to chart and correlate the performance of the All Blacks versus the the um, the GDP of New Zealand, and and they found that when when the All Blacks went through a good phase and were winning games, the the, the product productivity of the entire country went up by about five percent, mm. and wow. and then the opposite would be true that when um, they were having a, a, a terrible time that. It it, it, it it seemed to affect the kind of the the culture of the country where where wow. actually our economy would shrink by about the same by about five percent below and 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 they cor- you know they correlated that over a long period of time and I was like wow that is so fascinating of uh, that's such a fascinating insight because because people kind of joke and they say what's the big religion in New Zealand and I'm like well rugby <laughs> and, um, like we don't really have any anything else. Like like the states have just had Thanksgiving, and kind of everyone can get behind that holiday because like that that that's it, it's it's non secular, right? And rugby is kind of the same. Like that that is that is our our kind of if you, if you if you if you play that out right, it, it, it's you know sport makes people happy, and they obviously spend mm. more and so on. Mm. And then I also think like if you relate that to kind of you know, well-being and whether it's meditating, whether it's yoga, whether it's being active and stuff. I mean, that, that, that makes you happy. Right. I mean, like, Mm. you know, like I think, I think productivity and all those types of things rise when you're looking after yourself and so Mm. on. And and it's something at the moment that has been really challenging for people like to be, to be happy. Right. I mean, like I, Mm. I, like my tennis has been taken away from me. I can't, I, mm. no, for right reasons, obviously, but I, I can't, mm. can't play. And like mm. pre-COVID, I would play, you know, so one thing that I, I learned from Branson was he plays every morning and evening, um, he mm. plays like six in the morning and and um, and then five in the evening. And mm. he plays because he feels more productive. He, if he's more physically active and stuff, he feels more productive, right? Which yeah. obviously the science backs that up. Mm. So when I came back, I started playing in the mornings and getting into a really good routine around that. Mm-hmm. And and um, and I feel like now that's obviously been taken away because of because of COVID that I can't play mm. in the mornings. And now I've kind of taken mm. to doing a little bit of yoga and stuff like that. But I think people are. I don't know. People are challenged by that at the moment. Like, mm. how do you? Because there's only so much that you can. I mean, yoga is great. Talk. I mean, I teach yoga, so I'm yeah. all about the yoga. But it's not for everybody, right? And and mm. I think the thing more than anything else is like 
it's our choice, right? It's the fact that the choice is gone and I, I can't swim and I can't play tennis and I can't, you know, there's lots of things that I can't do. And as you say, for absolutely the right reasons, but different folks, like there's, there's, a, there's a, I was listening to um, an interview and he talked to, he was talking about an anthropologist and he was talking about human natures. Right? It's not human nature. It's human nature is mm. wonderfully diverse and yeah. we are all the same, right? Mm. So mm. yoga is great, but it's, it's not, it's not the same for you as it is for me. For me, it's mm. my go-to thing, right? Mm. But yeah. tennis is your love. Tennis is, you know, what mm. you know. It's in your DNA. It's in your, and your muscles know it. And to not be mm. able to access that, but, but really it's really tough. It's really interesting you say that because for me, right, I've seen this as someone that tennis for me is like someone going for a run. So for me, it's mental health. Like it's, yeah. it's not, it's not the competitive, like for me at the moment in my this stage of like, I play other sports and I'm competitive in it. Whereas tennis, mm. you know, I'm, I'm not a professional level now. So I'm kind of, I play for fun and like historically mm. I'd go and I play at half six in the morning and I'd be thinking about my day. I'd be like, I need to send a, you know, I need to send an email to, to Lisa. I need to do this. And I just be, it's like so automatic. Right. Mm. Mm. Whereas people have, people get that same with running, but I, I don't really get that with running. Mm-hmm. And it's been really challenging that like, yeah, you, you, you essentially saying to a runner, like you can't run for eight mm. months. Yeah. So, so, mm. so, um, yeah. Like, and I think related back to what you were saying, Joseph, like when people are, I think when people are active and happy and stuff, they're probably mm. productive and everything as well. Right? Mm. You know? mm. so, so it's, um, it's trying to. Was so, there one last analogy there of the old Moxie? We said we'd give you two and we got one. So we'd, we'd have to let him, otherwise he'll give out to me if he hasn't delayed his second one. Well, I just worried about our listeners. Maybe, maybe you know, <laughs> I'm going I'm to get hundreds of thousands of people ringing me being like, what, what what was that second thing? I, 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 I really want to know what yeah. that was. Yeah, yeah, heaven forbid <laughs> that we'd have hundreds of thousands of people trying to call you. <laughs> like it's the other way around. <laughs> outside his door yeah yeah exactly. enough. yeah what was the story <laughs> yeah. did you did you watch joseph the the documentary the all blacks on amazon prime no oh, okay. oh Good. look at that face the, the listeners cannot see but you want to see joseph's face right now it's like what I, what? what i missed it what what was this <laughs> oh shit that poor Trust is gonna no, watch that's great now no but you know what's great i've got an excuse now to get amazon prime there you go. When you get your free trial. That's what I did. Yeah, excellent, excellent. Yeah. I've been, I've been. Well, I won't go. I, I won't go off into my Star Wars analogy. I'll leave that. Oh, okay. dear I'll get Jesus, Amazon Prime. No, not Star Wars. I'm gonna have to flip a coin between Disney Plus and Amazon Prime. But now I'm going to choose between the Mandalorian and the All Blacks. This, 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 <laughs> yeah. this is. This is. I, I, I got a big life decision ahead of me now. This weekend's yeah. gonna be tough. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it, it, you know, if you feel the fear and do it anyway. <laughs> Dude, Jesus, he already thinks he's Yoda for God's sake, James. Don't just yeah, yeah. this road. Like, please. Yeah. Maybe I'm going to have to book a coaching session with someone to work, to, to work this through. The story I'd have, I, I, I was really lucky to be invited to go and, and do some clinics with the All Blacks. So they were they were traveling on a tour and, and I was asked to come in and, and do some maintenance work with them. And and I was kind of expecting like a really hyper masculine kind of like 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 I suppose because they're my heroes and, and also because I was kind of like, these guys, the elite of the elite, the top of the top, 
in this. And I was actually amazed how gentle and quiet and and like soft that they were, you know, they they had this real softness to them. And there was a softness to the atmosphere of um of the whole camp. I, I was really, I was really, really, really amazed at, at that. And I was also amazed at this, at this table. They had this table in the camp. And it was like, you know, one of those pop-up kind of tables. It's like six foot by like three foot. And it was just piled high with like loaves of bread and like another kind of three foot high by six foot by three foot of bread. And that was like the, the all black sandwich table. <laughs> and, 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 they, and, and the, they had this guy who would go around with them, like follow them around with this like big bag of like of, of cans of tuna and like these kind of disposable forks. And he and if any of them I don't know where this story is going, by the way. <laughs> There's never a point to the story, James. It's never just, a point it's to the just, story. You know, yeah. There's always a tangent. But the, the old blacks would kind of be like, "Hey, tuna guy, tuna me," you know. And the, guy, the, guy, the guy's job was to give him a tin of tuna and a fork, and and like that was their job. So like, I was kind of like amazed. I was like, "Wow!" Like these guys are actually just like super, super chill. Like they eat white bread. And tuna, and and I'm just kind of like like my, my kind of mind was blowing as to like what, what I, it was actually like there's, to be. There's, in a, uh, there's another bit to this story that's uh, that Nita said James, I've heard this story before. Okay. Um, so wasn't there the Apologies one where you were for the rerun? Sorry. <laughs> you were talking about um, you were working on one of the guys and you were expecting them to be all a bit like with no just uh, you know Ulster movie has had some bad press. Yes. Rugby has had bad press and you were expecting it to be tell that bit. So so that was actually so so that was actually that story was actually about um the Scottish football team. Ah okay. Scottish men's football team. But similar, yeah. very, very yeah. similar. Because I was kind of expecting to go in and it would all be like stories about like late nights and getting up to like no good and and kind of my preconceived idea about professional footballers you know i was expecting you were you know, looking like, forward to those stories just you a little bit yeah i was kind of like a little bit of kind of like, cool i get to go on tour with this international team it's going to be great it's going to be late nights it's like they, they were like just what do you think of the political situation then <laughs> And, and they really were. Well, it was kind of even one step more boring than this. It was like, oh, my wife just bought the new um, seven-seat Opal kind of minivan, and it's great. I really like driving. <laughs> like it's awesome. And the and the and the other table is kind of like, oh, we got the nine-seat minivan with like with like the the two point two liter engine. It's great. It's really economical. And 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 this was the conversation like the whole time. And I'm kind of like there. I'm like. Oh, this this is not the stereotype that I had built up in my head at all. Like these guys are actually really nice because they're yeah. talking about being able to fit all these like seven kids in their van and like take them off to swimming. And I'm like, oh, like my whole like, you know, my whole preconception of 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 these big um, kind of stars was like totally popped. And 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 that's the same kind of theme as as the All Black stories. Mm. Like these guys were actually so down to earth and so grounded and and so. And so chill, um, and and they and they felt so balanced, and but that, that but was that's what really the, struck me. 
like the, the interesting thing in all that is like I think people's perception of of you know sports teams of kind of managers raising their voice and shouting and all that and you know this kind of motivation piece but like in reality and then if you look at like i suppose the old business way of the boss shouting and getting mm. things done and all that stuff it's like that's not really the reality and it's not it's not how you motivate people it's not how you get the best out of people you know so like if you if you need to get i don't know if you need to get pumped up to to mm. like for me right if if i when i when i played davis cup for ireland like if someone if someone needed to motivate me for that match, then there's some serious problems, right? It's almost like yeah. you need to come down before the match because you're too, yeah. you're too, um, you're too kind of high. So like, um, yeah, I think it's interesting. Like you watch movies and you see the, the manager shouting, right? But like, yeah. in reality, is that is that going to motivate people? And then in business terms, it's like, is the is the manager or whoever it is being the kind of dictator type? Is that going to yeah. work long term? Like, yeah, yeah, probably not. Yeah. Um, mm. So yeah, there's, there's. Mm. I don't know. I find it interesting. Mm. Yeah. With three coaches, we could probably talk about this stuff all night, um, and we might do that another time because there's loads of tangents, even more tangents that we could go off on. That just would be absolutely thrilled about. Thanks, thanks for being the tangent police, Lisa. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. I just I don't know I get to be back up all the time I want I want one of these I'm going to keep on pulling you back I want one of these these podcasts where I get to go off on tangents like so we're going to have to deal on that I'm thinking of starting my own podcast and calling it the tangent show or something I love yes. it that's great well Jess would have to be your first guest obviously. yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> Perry in it um, so like given that you've been really generous with your time James I really appreciate you coming oh, on and, and having this long and rambling conversation with which I think was, which I really loved. Anyway, um, is there, this is the question I always uh, kind of end with this. Like, is there something that we should have asked you that we didn't? Um, no, I don't think so. Okay, nothing comes to mind. Do people usually say there is something that I should ask? No, it's just, it's it's like if there was anything that you wanted to add or if there was anything that you 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 thought was, was any useful words, or valuable any, or any words of wisdom you want to leave the, the, the people with? No, like I would say get a group of good mentors and good support and believe in yourself and yeah. feel the fear and do it anyway and all those things mm. that would be but there's no question now that kind of stands mm. out so yeah. really cool. enjoyed being, being on with you guys mm. yeah can, can I ask can I ask a question to finish off of course yeah yeah you, you mentioned you had a book what was the name of the book and how do people get a hold of it Jeez, yeah see I gotta get better at this now that's like, <laughs> yeah. John Joseph <laughs> yeah so um, the book is called Advantage, yeah. uh, Lessons from Sport and Business to Achieve Your Goals. So it's very much around the lessons that I would learn, my own lessons from professional tennis yeah. and lessons from, uh, from you know, the business people that I've met along the way as well. Mm. So it's on my website, which is www.hccollective.co. Mm -hmm. So not .com, not .co.uk. Couldn't, couldn't afford the M on the com. <laughs> <laughs> no, I couldn't get the dot com. So it's dot com anyway. anyway. Well, we're over dot com. Dot com is so last century, James. Yeah, dot exactly. com is much cooler. 
Much good. That, that we, I mean, I'm, I'm saving you that one letter on your keyboard. <laughs> Clearly, I mean, the, all of the efforts of the end, we're grateful. Oh yeah, so you can get it on my site, and uh, it's a, it's a, it's a Christmas, Christmas filler. I, I think I was robbed on the on the book awards of the year the other night. Uh, did, did you not but, get done for? Did you not get nominated for that? No. Uh, I, I, as Trump says, the fix was a fix. <laughs> <laughs> it was rigged. It was have rigged. You, yeah, it was rigged. And it was rigged. Have you got yeah. a legal case going? <laughs> yeah, I'm bringing Rudy Giuliani in. With this melting air, that'll really help you. Oh, he, he, he's going to be needing new clients soon, so I reckon. He's <laughs> yeah, exactly. You, you, you reach out with a vocal. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, brilliant. Listen, thanks so much, James. No, really thanks for having me. It's great to see you. Yeah. And, uh, Thank you so we'll much, Jeff. We'll let you know when it's, when it's coming out. So, another fantastic conversation. Kind of outside the lines. Um, as always, we hope that you, you got something out of it, that you enjoyed mm-hmm. it. Um, got a little nugget of, of what you said cost gold in there for you that will stay with you over the next while. Um, we'd love to hear your feedback we'd love to hear about what you loved and why maybe mm. you didn't like so much and help us get better we would love that yeah uh, maybe mention us on the socials what's the yeah. socials tell us about socials the socials are for me Instagram which is Joseph underscore Devlin D-E-V-L-I-N underscore you can find me on that and Lisa what's yours you're more on LinkedIn or you're more on Instagram yeah follow me on LinkedIn it's Lisa it's Arena Coaching is the name of of me so that's where I kind of hang out on I'd have to take myself off Instagram (laughs) so (laughs) it's growing it's growing the the forever stone that is Instagram so I'm I'm very uh, scroll home yeah so we would we would really happens. love we would really love if you were to give us your feedback on what you liked mm-hmm. and share with us uh, perhaps what you didn't like. Um, these these little nuggets of gold for us are really important because as we look into 2021 and into our next series and into what we want to create more of, um, this is really going to help us to shape that and, and to and to, um, to 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 bring you the listeners what what um, you really want. So. Yeah, please give us your feedback and reach out to us and say hi. And um, we look forward to hearing from you. Yeah, hopefully this is this hopefully this is just the first series, uh, Mm. first in a series of many podcasts. Um, Enjoy. Enjoy. Bye bye. Bye.